Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. Everybody's here, everybody's present. We're talking games from last week, games to come, even a smidge of World Cup action. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop and share the podcast around. If you have a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. You never know, they might even thank you for it. Right, let's get into it. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. She's done it again, ladies and gentlemen. She's given you all the information you need to know. Welcome along. One and all, to your weekly instalment of football-based nonsense. I can't do it on my own, of course. Um, so I am joined by three lovely gentlemen, one of which who has no real affiliation for football, but he does have an awful lot of affiliation for podcasts. Mr Andrew Cook, how are you, sir? Uh, just, just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Very nice to hear it. For those of you watching along on YouTube, you may have seen this man just dancing around with a Hull City badge there. It is, of course, the Hull City correspondent, supplied by Hull Council. Mr. Stu Woodman, see, how are you, sir? I'm not on day release, Paul. Come on, we've been through it. So, for, for, the, for those that, that were listening last week, I said I had something that I forgot. Well, this, this was it. This was my purchase at the stadium. It is, in fact... A coaster, and I've brought it along this week as we will be discussing a little bit of cup football. And this is the nearest that anything Hull City will get to a cup. You're welcome. Well, speaking of people who support teams who have got quite close to a cup, and more than one in their time, it brings us to Nottingham Forest supporter Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Alright, it's been a better week. So yeah. It certainly has. Obviously Mr. Moore was not was not able to join us last week. Um so he's refreshed, he's recharged and he's he's back on to give us his opinion on his team. And speaking of his team, that is where we will start off this week with Nottingham Forest taking on Brentford. How did this one go, sir? I I think it started off all right. Apparently, Forrest were quite dominant through the match and stuff like that. Um, took the lead through Morgan Gibbs-White's first um, goal for the club. Um, a nice bit of skill. Uh, kind of nice little lucky deflection to take it into the net. Um, and then, apparently, refereeing is just non-existent nowadays. Or we're either over-refereeing or under-refereeing. And no one really knows the rules about what kind of things. So, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Brentford equalised with Umbeo uh, through a contentious... Incredible. And, I, I mean, there seems to be several issues with it. One, there seems to be minimal contact between Henderson and himself. And also, I think what was left not discussed was the fact that Henson got a hand to the ball before he took before he went down because there's an obvious change in the ball's spin so he got a hand to the ball before he went down um, 
hey ho. You know, I'll leave it to the actual players to call the refs cheats. But you know, uh, which definitely not going to come and bite him on the arse. Um, uh, then, unfortunately, I think Jermaine Genus went in on Forrest quite hard on match of the day, uh, but poor defending again, which led to the penalty for Visser to go through and dink the ball over Henderson, uh, giving Bedford 2-1. And in the last, very, very last minute of the game, Gormar scramble and Forrest get an equaliser from a Jorgensen own goal. So two each. Um, yeah, probably should have been a win. Forrest probably should have had two or three other penalties. If the penalty that was given was a penalty, the other pe- the other incident should have been a penalty as well. You know, going down a little bit too easy, definitely for the second Yates possible penalty was was definitely a case. Um, but yeah, two all draw, probably deserved more. But a point is reasonable. I think I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said if they get four for the next two matches, next league matches, uh, then that's decent enough. Yeah, I think uh, like you covered it slightly there. Obviously, Jermaine Jennis was doing the punditry on match of the day and I think he summed it up perfectly. All of the penalty incidents, probably not a single one of them was a penalty really across the board but obviously the Brentford one was given whereas the Forest one wasn't and they were both arguably the exact same scenario so if you give one you kind of have to give the other bit strange but alas one was given one wasn't so we end up with a 2-2 draw Mr Woodmansey went for a 1-0 Forest win with Gibbs White to score the goal so he was obviously very happy to start off the game not so happy as it progressed. One point for the goal scorer there for you, sir. Mr. Cook had gone for a 1-1 draw. One point for you there, sir. Sadly, no goal scorers with Johnson and Lewis Potter on the score sheet. Matt had gone for a 2-1 Brentford win, so was literally seconds away from a spot-on result. Sadly, no points for the result. He had a one year to score for Forrest. No points there, but did have... And Buemo and Visser to score for Brentford. So two points there. This is where it gets tasty, ladies and gentlemen. So, Paul Williams went for a 2-2 draw. Two points right there. I had Surridge and Gibbs White to score for Porrest. That's three points. I also had Visser and Mbuemo to score for Brentford. Just the five points there for me out of the first game of the week. We'll just Don't end the right there and go home. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much as as tasty as the uh, as the predictions get. Look at Andrew's face; he is absolutely fuming, ladies and gentlemen. There was a, there was a time when that would have been me. Well, let's go absolutely. back. Let's go back to last season. I could do no wrong we, in the predictions. We move on to. The second game of the week where Middlesbrough took on Bristol City in Michael Carrick's first home game in charge of the Borough. So, this one finished as a 1-1 draw with Andreas Weiman opening the goal, opening the goal scoring for Bristol City in the first half. It was 1-0 at the half. Uh, the second half opens up, Middlesbrough go on the attack. 
uh, and managed to get an equaliser through Chuba Akpom's fourth in four games for uh, the uh, Michael Carrick-led Middlesbrough. Um, keeper seemed to be uh, in inspired form for Bristol City as uh, Middlesbrough had them somewhat under the cosh for the entirety of this game, but were unable to break them down and get the all in, uh, the all all required second goal to uh, to to. to I kind of saw that one coming. He, he, he was he was he was slowing, and then and then he went. <laughs> real, real, real uncomfortable at this point. Look at his smiling face. Look at him. If you're listening along right now, jump over to the YouTube channel just for just picture of serenity. Looks so chuffed with himself. Does anyone else know the score? From from the Middlesbrough game, he'd, he'd give it. We were all done, weren't we? Given the score, was it just a was it just the Borough scorer? And he and he's gone, he's gone, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He was so happy with the uh, result. And he's back, he's, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Left the chat. He's there back. He's there back. There he is. Right. No idea where that stopped there. So I'll give it again. What was what was the last thing you heard me say? Given the Borough score, you'd said that Andreas Weimer had scored. And then nothing else. You'd said that Tuber had scored as well. So Tuber scored. Um, Borough had put in Palace under the cosh. Not Palace. Bristol Bristol City under the, under the cosh a little bit in the uh, in the second half, but couldn't get the all-elusive second goal to get the win. So they did peter out to a 1-1 draw, sadly. Um, we'd all gone for a Borough win in varying different degrees. Stu had gone for a 1-0 win with Jones to score the goal. So no points there, Sandy, for Mr. Woodmancy. However, myself, Matt and Andy had all gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win. I had gone for Fours to score one of the goals. Matt had gone for McGree to score one of the goals. Andy had gone for Fours to score one of the goals. But we'd all picked Akpom as well. So just one point each there for myself, Matt and Andy. So scores for the week so far. Stu on one point, Andy on two Matt on three, myself on six. We move to the capital, where Millwall took on Hull City. How did this one go, Mr. Woodsy? Uh, an, an eventful nil-nil. Mm. Um, I say eventful. Uh, in the 37th minute, top scorer for Hull, Oscar Estepinian, saw a straight red card for a high foot. Which I was listening to the game at the time, and the commentators were like, "Well, you know, just one of them. It's a bit fifty-fifty." And um, for those of you on YouTube, I don't know how well this will come out. This is the guy who got the high foot in the face. So this is Charlie Creswell. Um, had stitches and a hell of a black eye after uh, Oscar had raised that said boot. Um, but he is on loan there from Leeds, so make of that what you will. So it's okay then. <laughs> Very, very rude of me. At the start of the podcast, we did not cover the fact that this was the first game in full charge for Hull's new manager. I do apologise. Can you give us that little update now, please? Yeah, so, so yeah, it was uh, Liam Rossini has officially been coronated, as it were, in, in true podcast fashion, a mere hours after we'd uh, recorded last time. Um, so, yeah, and he's also brought in Justin Walker to his backroom staff, who's also from Derby. Uh, but also, interestingly, for the podcast, 
is a former Nottingham Forest youngster. Um, according to his bio. Anyway, so um, the assistant manager role um, that Walker's coming in is actually is actually going to be shared. Um, good news for City fans and for me personally is that Andy Dawson is staying on and he will also be filling the other half of that role. So, um, rumours are circling that an, another staff appointment is due, but it hasn't happened yet. So, um, if, you, if you're thinking, if you may be listening to this Friday, thinking, well, that would happen. Yeah, that's probably because we finished recording and then it'll get announced. So, um, that's, that's how it works. But yeah, that, that is the update. So yeah, officially, we are no longer managerless. Very good to hear. So, predictions-wise, no one had gone for a nil-nil draw. So no exact points there for anyone. However, Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw and Stu had gone for a 2-2 draw. Andy had gone for a 1-0 hub win and I had gone for a 1-0 Millwall win. So, just points there for Stu and Matt. Stu moves on to 2 Matt moves on to four. Andy stays on two and I stay on six. We move to our first of two rearranged fixtures from earlier in the season where Blackpool took on Middlesbrough. Um, This was Middlesbrough's first away clean sheet of the season in as much as Blackpool, I believe, went into this game with either 12 or 13 injured first-team players. So were very much cobbling together as best a squad as they could. Uh, and it kind of showed as as soon as Middlesbrough scored the first goal, after about 15 minutes in the first half with Isaiah Jones getting on the end of a lovely move where Akpom started out on the right-hand side to switch the play across to Fours who cut the ball back for Jones to come onto and just slam it into the back of the net. From that on, from then onwards, it was it was all Middlesbrough really. No, no massively sort of... Um, Big chances I can remember for Blackpool. Uh, Borough added his second uh, right at the start of the first half when uh, Marcus Force was uh, was through on goal uh, and was um, brought down by the goalkeeper and a penalty was given. Uh, having watched the replays back, it is one of the worst dives I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and uh, Mr Force, naughty, naughty, you uh, probably won't be getting away with that too much longer. Um, but he picked himself up and uh, was... Uh, very thorough in his dispatching of the penalty, shall we say. He um, made sure no keeper in the world was going to be stopping that bad boy to get his uh, second goal of the season. And there was just enough time for Mr Akpom to continue his run of scoring in every game that Michael Carrick has been in charge for so far this season, getting his fourth in four games. So the game finishes 3-0 to Middlesbrough. From a predictions perspective, Stu, Matt and Andy all went with draws. Stu and Andy with a 1-1, Matt with a 2-2. Obviously no goal scorers for Blackpool, so no points there. Stu had gone for McGree. Andy had gone for Hoppy, who did get on for the last 10 minutes, but was not able to score, sadly. Uh, Matt had gone for Watmore and Fours. So managed to get himself a point for Marcus Fours getting the goal. I had gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Cheeky little point there. Sadly, Muniz and Crooks did not score, so just the one point for the result. So, 
Stu stays on two points. Andy stays on two points. Matt moves to five points for the week. I move to seven points for the week. We move to the other rearranged game, which was Cardiff City versus Hull City. Now, this one had a bit of everything, didn't it, Stu? Well, going from a nil-nil draw in their last out into an absolute goal fest this time around. Um, so, scoring was opened after four minutes when uh, Pelkas latched onto a Cyrus Christie ball in from the left wing. Um, it, I think it was intended for Longman. And whether he left it on purpose, I'm not sure. But either way, but like rarity that two players were inside the six-yard box, especially after four minutes got in the game. Like I, I don't know whether they'd been like daring each other during the long drive to Cardiff. Not sure. But either way, 1-0 up after four minutes. Guess the half time. Not much else happened. And then the second half started and Cardiff equalised in the 47th minute. And then, uh, that sorry, that was uh, Callum Robinson. And then Gavin White put them in front in the 62nd minute. Cue me grumbling quite a lot to Sarah saying about, oh, normal services resumed, getting really angry about it. And then Regan Slater scored for City twice in two minutes, in the 75th and 77th minute, to give Hull City a 3-2 win and firmly shut my mouth. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very happy with that result. Um, Cardiff are a, a, a difficult side to play against at, at the best of times, um, especially on, all that way on a Tuesday night as well. Very, very, very happy with the result. So, um, puts us on the same points as, as the Borough. I believe at the moment. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I uh, was sort of keeping abreast of this game via the Sky Sports app and got very confused when I saw it was 2-3 and only two whole goal scorers were listed. And then checked back about 10 minutes later and it was indeed 2-3. And it was just that they hadn't listed Slater's second goal for some reason. So (laughs) I was all kinds of confused throughout the course of this game. Um, so, from a predictions perspective, I got my games the wrong way around this week, as I had gone for goals in the Millwall Hull game, and a nil-nil in the Cardiff Hull game. So I'm just going to give myself, like, six points, just for this this one. Sounds about right? Yeah, fair enough? You've been making the points up all week so far, so okay. Okie dokie. Well, I'll, I'll give myself the zero <laughs> that I actually got, then, so... Nice and fair. I'm not sure I understand. I don't think anyone understands, mate, to be honest with you. So, um, <laughs> so let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Matt had gone for a 1-0 Cardiff win with O'Dowda to score the goal. No points there, sadly. However, resident Hall fan and resident podcast aficionado Andy Cook had gone for 1-0 away wins, respectively. Andy had gone for Longman to score. No points there, but I just get a point for the win. Stu had gone for a 1-0 win with Pelkas to score. So gets himself two points right there. I, so, I, I do believe that. I think the phrase in last week was, it's a very whole thing to do to go and win a game 1-0 <laughs> when they should be getting beaten. And then they go and win it 3-2. So again, I'll just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so, scores for the week. 
Andy moves on to three points for the week. Stu to four points for the week. Matt stays on five and I stay on seven. Our final game of the week, Mr. Woodmancy mentioned it earlier, is cup flavoured and sees us travel to the Carabao Cup where Nottingham Forest took on Tottingham Hotspurs. Mr. Moore, how did this one pan out? Well, I, I mean, after seeing this, the the Spurs um, lineup, I definitely, I was I was pessimistic predicting last week. Um, when I saw the the team that they put out, I was even less um, optimistic, more pessimistic. Increased the pessimism, um, pessimism levels, and then, of course, because that's what Forest do this year. Because it's the typical. I was thinking about this, and maybe yeah, you know, maybe I should be reveling in. I'll spoil it the two 0 Forest win, but I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what this is what teams that go down do. They beat the decent teams and then lose to shit teams all the time, and and that that was that was the kind of moment of like back down to kind of bump back down to earth kind of thing. You know, winning the cup against Spurs, which you know, ha. No, no trophy for them this year, dicks. Um, but uh, you know, unfortunately, yeah, just kind of, as an additional thing. Unfortunately, Newcastle is still in there, so we can't chalk off the EFL Cup from them, uh, them, them being out yet. But you know, that'll come soon. Uh, so yeah, um, two two players. One who has been disappointed this week by not being in the Brazil squad. Because to be fair, his form has been terrible for Forrest. It was part of the reason why he joined Forrest was to play well and get into the Brazil squad. Uh, Renan Lodi scored a nice goal, kind of cutting in from the left and sticking in with his right. Um, and then the much maligned Jesse Lingard, who, yeah, let's face it, came to Forrest because he was hoping he was going to get a game and go to the World Cup. I very much doubt he's going to go to the World Cup, but a nice little header that at the back post after an attack from Forrest and then he did everyone's favourite celebration at the moment the gritty afterwards so uh, yeah only kind of um, thing to tarnish it was uh, Mangala getting sent off Um, I can't quite work out I don't know if he's going to be in the um, Belgium squad though so he might just be like oh yeah I'm not going to play on uh, Saturday to make sure I don't get injured for the World Cup Kind of thing. I'd seen I'd seen something that they they got put on Twitter about uh, obviously Sadio Mane got injured at the weekend playing for Bayern Munich, um, and cue a lot of people saying, "Hmm, I wonder if this means that people that were, that might be going to the World Cup might suddenly develop a very heavy cold this coming yeah, week." Sure. Is COVID still a thing? COVID <laughs> still a thing? Can, we, can I get? Can I, I think I might have COVID symptoms. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so 2-0 Forest win. It's a much, much surprise because it was a decent Spurs side. So, predictions-wise, no one on the podcast had any faith in Forest. Or did they, Andrew? Mr. Andrew Cook, the soothsayer, if you will, of the podcast. Went with a 1-0 Nottingham Forest win with Surridge to score the goal. No correct goal scorer, but one correct point for the result. Yeah, the rest of us sadly were uh, in Mr Moore's pessimism camp. Uh, Fully paid up members, obviously we've been going for a number of years, so we know exactly what that is. Um, Myself and Mr Moore had both gone for 1-3. 
3-1 wins for, Nottingham, uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I'd gone for Dennis, for Forrest, and Mora, Heal, and Spence to score for uh, Spurs. Stuart, uh, Matt had gone for Sturridge to score for Forrest, Spence, Mora, and Bentancur to score for Spurs. Stuart had gone for a 2-1 Forrest win with a one-year to score for Forrest, Son and Hoibjerg to score for Spurs. So, just the one point for Mr. Cook there. So, total week's points. Andy managed to get himself four points total for the week. Stu and Matt, both with a very respectable five points for the week. But I do take the week's win with those uh, those five points in that first game just just give me that little cushion that I needed just to get over the line with a seven points for the week total. That is all our week 15 predictions and results wrapped up. All that's left to do is the week 16 predictions. Before we do those, we are going to take a very small, very small commercial break. Don't touch that dial, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Hello, I'm Sam. I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of the football podcast. It would really help Cookcast if you would like, share and subscribe. Maybe even leave us a review. Also, check out other podcasts available to you on the Cookcast network. Now, back to the football. I really hope the boys' team's win this week come on you roll recording in progress welcome back ladies and gentlemen we have week 16 predictions left to go we start the week with nottingham forest's last game before the break for the world cup where they will take on crystal palace at home. Obviously, it's Mr. Moore's team, so he will pick last. Well, I say pick. Not really pick, is it? Predicting. He'll predict last. Apologies. I will go in first with my prediction for this one. I believe we will see a 1-1 draw with Gibbs White continuing his incredible form from last week to get the goal for Forrest and Eze to score for Palace. Uh, Mr Woodmancy, what do you reckon on this one? Um, I will get my apologies in nice and early for Matt. I've gone for Forest 1, Palace 2. Because Palace are one of them teams. I, like, I always feel like Palace should be getting beaten by everybody, but yeah, they just... Bleh, bleh. I hate, I, I'm, I'm really not a fan. Um... But keeping in South London just uh, took a hit. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But none of them support Hull. It's fine. Um, no, there could be a Croydon branch of the Hull Supporters Club. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. So in, in keeping with a shit housing team, I have gone for shit house himself to get the goal for Forest. So stick me down for Ryan Yates. I was. I had to. I had to really think about that one. There was like. Lingard to score? When is that <laughs> going to happen? <laughs> um, I have also gone for Eze for uh, Palace and Zaha. Ah! Shit happens across the board, I see. That um, 
though, I remember seeing him play for QPR against Hull, and he was great player. Different gravy that day, yeah, really, really good player. Lovely, lovely little player. Um, yeah, temperament of a six-year-old is the uh... <laughs> interesting, Mister Cook. Um, I've got a touch more faith than both of you put together. I've got a one-nil Forest win. What I might do in the break for the World Cup is I might go back through this book and see where Forrest would be in the table if we had all your predictions added together. I was going to wait. I was going to wait until the end. The end of the predictions. Uh, but speaking of books, uh, this is officially the last prediction that will go in this book because this book is uh, is now is now finished. Do you know what? We're probably not far off this book. So it's it's a big it's a big day. It's a big day. Um, would would it save you some time if the new book had like a grid pre-printed in it with Andy's one nil Johnson, and you could just add or delete as appropriate? You've read my mind, Stuart. You've read my mind. <laughs> you see, it's weird because I was going to say, Stu, can you give Paul my goal scorer? And you already have, so thank you for that. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the pick that just continues to continues to give disappointment. So, yes, has shockingly picked a one 0 Forest win with Brendan Johnson to score the goal. Uh, celebrating his call up to the uh, the Wales World Cup squad, no less. Um, Matt, how do you think this one will actually go? Well, the fact he's been picked for Wales shows that poor form for Forest affects some members of the squad, but not all of them. Uh, but um, I, I've I've agreed with uh, Mr. Woodmansey. I've gone with a two-one Palace win. I think they're on a run of like five wins on the bounce or something like that. Um, so, or four four or five wins on the bounce. They they they're doing really well at the moment. <laughs> <clears throat> and my prediction is pretty much the same as his as well, apart from we've got Gibbs White scoring again, uh, but Zahar and Eze scoring for Dallas. Gibbs White. Zahar. Eze. So there we go. Nottingham Forest going into the World Cup with a win, two defeats, and a draw. So. We'll see. We'll see which uh, which one of us is the closest in that prediction when we come back next week. We dive down a division to the Championship, where Hull City's last game before the break for the World Cup sees them take on Reading. It is Mr. Woodmansey's team, so he will predict last. Uh, Andy, what do you reckon for this one? Personally, what I reckon is that Reading need to sort out their website... Because the last thing I need to see whilst picking players is page not found on multiple selections. So I just want to throw that out to the Reading Massive. Um, However, for a football prediction, I won with a 1-1 prediction for this one. Your goal scorers, please. Dare I suggest that um, you're still searching for a Reading goal scorer? <laughs> no, because I found one. From the book? Weirdly. Um, 
because my prediction for Hull goalscorer was long man. What? what? No. For Hull? Yeah, you're fine. Sorry, I, th- I thought you said for Reading. I was like, what? No, for Hull, because I'm setting myself up. Oh, sorry. Because for Reading, I have predicted long. Do you know what? Everything becomes clear. And it does make sense because now I don't even know if he's done. I don't even know if he knows that he's done this, but he's he's read the podcast rules, ladies and gentlemen. And even though he was only there for a very short period of time, Shane Long is an ex-Hull player. So therefore, old boy rule is very much in effect. So, nice work, Mr. Cook. I'll jump in here. I have gone for a 2-1 Hull win, riding the wave of their uh, new manager bounce that uh, got them the points, obviously, as we discussed in the first half. Um, I'm going to go for Pelkas and Cynic to score for Hull. An old boy old boy rule in effect once again. I've gone for Tom Ince to score for Reading. Matt, what do you reckon for this one? I've gone for a 2-1 Hull win <clears throat> with Pelkas and Longman and Andy Carroll to score. Andy Carroll, of course, celebrating his call-up to the England squad for the World Cup with a goal, said absolutely no one. Have, have we just gone back 10 years? years? <laughs> yeah. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go on then, Hull fan. What's it going to um, be? I was pulling a face when Andy was predicting because I thought he'd not only read the rule book but also read my sheet. <laughs> um, I have Hull 1, Reading 1. I also have Longman to score, because he's overdue. Mm. Um, and just because nobody wants to draw a game going into this massively weird break in the middle of the season, um, that would be Toilet. So I have gone for Junior Toilet. I mean... Tenuous links abound. Even by your standards, that's weak. Yeah, that, I, didn't, that's... I didn't want to pick Andy Carroll because I'd then I'd then be mad when that clearly will happen, and I'd also be mad at myself for picking it. Um, now I get to be mad at it when it happens, and then mad at myself for not picking it at least. I see. Yes, so doubly mad at yourself is basically what you're right. saying. Yeah. Which leaves us with the last game involving our teams before the break for the World Cup. Uh, and it's another away game for Middlesbrough after um, their performance last week. Um, we have Norwich City taking on Middlesbrough. Obviously, it's my team, so I will give my prediction last. It is already in the book, but I will let one of these lovely gentlemen go first. And that uh, that person will be Mr Moore. What do you reckon? I've <laughs> After reading through my predictions, I'm like, oh, I've been a bit lazy with my predictions this week. I've gone for a Norwich 2-1 win. Any goal scorers? Sergeant and Pookie. For Norwich. And Akpom for Borough. 
Capcom, of course, having scored in every single one of Michael Carrick's four games in charge at this point during the season. Mr. Cook. I like what Matt's got there, but what 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 it should be is a Borough 2-0 win. Because, <laughs> you know. So what you're saying is you like what you like what I, what Matt's gone for, but you absolutely despise it in every single shape or form. Not quite, because I've gone with Chuba to score a goal, along with his mate Fours. Well, as as we discussed, Fours got himself off the mark under uh, under Mister Carrick uh, in the uh, in the game. Against Blackpool, so will he be able to continue that delicious run of form? God, I sure hope so. Mr. Woodmansey. Uh, you can pretty much write down what Matt said for me, apart from you can knock off the Borough goal. 2 0? Yeah. Sorry. He's, in the, he's in the virtual Correct. room. I know. You've got to give him at least a goal. I know, but I feel, I feel like after such like a. Like a good, a good week personally on the old football front. True. I feel like it'll just come crashing back down, and I'd rather be setting myself up for <laughs> a bit of disappointment across the board. And then now, if, and if we get anything out of this week, I'll now, I'll be slightly happier. I honestly thought you were going for a little time with the wrestling podcaster, and you were and you and it's it's going to come crashing down, and it most indeed hurts inside. But um, you didn't. So, um, yeah, Borough don't have a great record at Norwich. However, I believe the last time they played, they did manage to grind out a nil-nil draw. And for some bizarre reason, Carrick's team seem to be better away from home than they are at home. So far, granted, he's only had one home game and three away. But so statistically, that was all. <laughs> yes, well, his three away, his three away games have have produced one one loss and two wins. So at this point, they're 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 basically set up to play better away from home as it is anyway. Um, so I've gone optimistically for a one-one draw, just knowing how obviously, yeah, it, it's more than likely going to be a Norwich win, but we can all be optimistic, can't we? So I've gone for Sargent to get the goal for Norwich. And to get a fifth in five games, I've gone for Akpom to continue his red-hot form. That, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of the predictions and thus the podcast for the week. Um, Obviously, we're going to be taking a break, not next week, because obviously we have to come back and discuss this week's games, but obviously with the World Cup due to start in... Just over a week's time, I believe, is the 20th is the first game? Yeah. No, that can't be right. That's... uh, No, that is... Is that right? Sunday? Yeah. A week on Monday. Is it a week on Monday? A week on Sunday? Sunday. I think think the first game is on a Sunday evening. Um, uh, So, yeah, we'll, we'll come back with the games... Uh, from the predictions perspective from last from last week oh god we'll come back next week with this week's predictions to wrap up uh, as it stands at the moment we're probably going to take a little break during the World Cup as it'll be quite difficult to predict the England games given the <sighs> frequency that they're going to be playing they're not really sort of playing in a 
a schedule that would fit in with the, the recording schedule. Obviously, we're all busy, busy boys, so it'd be quite difficult to uh, to, to do so. Um, if that changes, you'll obviously be the first to hear it. So, because there'll be some delicious content coming around for you. But join us again next week, where we will break down the week sixteen games, the last before the World Cup starts, and maybe give you a little something just to be sort of going on with whilst the World Cup's going on but as is always thank you to these three lovely gentlemen for joining me to go through the um, the past week and the coming weeks uh, and to all you lovely lovely listeners out there it's goodbye from us but we'll be back very very soon goodbye so there you go what do you think to that well bit of a kind of draw into a close obviously there's still football going on because you've got the world cup to look forward to but for championship and premier league kind of football a little bit of a wind down here we'll still be here next week still talking the games that we've predicted this week but look forward to world cup football while there's a little break going on Big thank you for watching and or listening. Uh, one last thing before you go. Please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop. Share the podcast around. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. And you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.